0: If you see a need, and you're able to meet it, go on and get it, girl. I heard wine. <laughs>
1: Did I hear wine? It was wine? I heard a cork pop, and then I heard wine pouring into a glass. Did I really hear it? Tequila. Ah. Uh,
0: seen- <laughs> Hello?
2: Are you there? You. Yes, you. Have you subscribed? Have you rated? Have you shared? I hope your answer is yes to all of these questions. If not, don't be a Grinch. With that said, welcome back to another episode of Emergency Entrance. This week we are joined by Sydney, April's preceptor, who brings us so much light and insight. But as usual, our conversation goes slightly off the rails. Thanks for listening, and let's get into it. How are you better
1: than last week? Is your mouth actually working today? A little bit. I don't want to curse it,
2: but yeah. Oh,
1: so far so good. That's good. The brain and the mouth are important when you're trying to do this.
2: <laughs> They're slightly linked up, but yeah. we'll see how far how far that lasts. How A little
1: bit. A little bit. Tell you this, I found out how how like incredibly out of shape I am this week. Mm. Yeah um one of my training courses that i had to go to this week it was a scm safe crisis management training and um they made us like learn how to put people in holds and do it safely so that nobody really gets hurt but when you're doing these things and learning how to do them like it actually really hurts <laughs> so <laughs> it's like yeah you're not supposed to hurt anybody so i think it's more like don't break anybody's bones but when when you do this to somebody, I can't see how it's not gonna hurt. But anyway, yeah, and then you have to like after you restrain somebody, you have to learn how to like safely lower them to the ground. And that means like lunges and squats and all kinds of stuff like that. And um yeah, I ended up on the floor completely out of breath, sweating my butt <laughs> off, and I finally said to the instructor, look, back off because I'm too old and too fat for this i'm I'm totally out of shape and well you know what when you're doing that you realize i'm out of shape i've been sitting home for a year because you know covid oh yeah Yeah, so i've been sitting at home and going to school at home and doing jigsaw puzzles and drinking wine and none of that has helped my physique
2: (laughs) Just wait until I'm in the moment, and then I'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't need to practice. Just (laughs) let me figure it out. We'll let adrenaline take its course. Yeah,
1: I guess so. If nobody helps me, we're going to have a problem, (laughs) I think.
2: I had a pretty much kind of the same thing, except um, my hospital is COVID-compliant, April. So in my class, we talked about it, but we weren't able to demonstrate it. So tell me how much good that does I don't, I don't know. I'm squinting
1: right now. You can't see me, but I'm squinting. (laughs) Like, I don't know how you could possibly learn how to do a hold on somebody and safely lower them to the ground unless
2: you actually have a real person there to do
1: it to, or at least a mannequin. (laughs) I don't know.
2: Thankfully, I've grown up. My dad did jujitsu fighting and I grew up knowing self-defense and knowing how to get all of that. So like, when he was talking about it, I knew exactly what to do. It's funny
1: that you <laughs> say that because I cannot picture you doing that. Like, because you're you're so like you're long and lanky, and I'm trying to picture you being all arms and legs, kicking somebody in the head.
2: <laughs> I'm an optical illusion.
1: <laughs> okay, I I I'm I just kidding. You. So other so you had that class this week, too? Uh, I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. So than that, how was your week? So far, it's been pretty
2: good. Yeah. You know, I don't like to use the S word, but it was, it was decently slow. I had some interesting patients and whatnot, but... I think it's time we get started into this week's interview with Sydney. I hope you guys enjoy. This week, we are talking to one of my preceptors, Sydney.
1: The first shift I worked with her, she handed me a homemade notebook and a pen and told me to write down what she was about to tell me, the five rules of working in the ED. So before we get into the rules, can you tell us what made you decide that ED nursing was for you? Great question.
0: You know, I always felt like that was the thing that I wanted to do, is that I wanted to be running around and, and seeing the things. Have you done any other kind of nursing besides the ED? I recently started in the PACU at a different hospital as a PRM job just you know to learn a little bit of new things oh that's cool I didn't realize that you were doing PACU over there um
1: I can't imagine you doing PACU yeah
0: whole different lifestyle but I'm sure you're wonderful at whatever you're doing was that a hard transition it's kind of like a cool in between worlds like every other nurse that's in the PACU have all been CVICU nurses so they're all like awesome nurses And they're just doing like, you know, like their work and their stress load is just way less. So they still have like those like great critical thinking skills and like hard work ethic and like great teamwork. What's cool about it is that it's kind of similar to the ED where you're kind of, you know, moving the whole day as far as patients, like where you're really not going to be, you're not going to have a patient more than two hours.
2: So you're still treating them and treating them
0: exactly right. And as you know, that's one one of my things.
2: (laughs) Yep. I haven't told Katie all your rules yet. I'm sure you've had this question a million times. So what is the craziest thing that you've ever seen? It's kind of like
0: similar when you ask like a cop that is like, there's so many things mingled in there.
2: The person asking you that question, you almost have to read them because it's like, do you really want to know the craziest thing that I've ever seen? Do you want... Oh yeah, that's another thing. ...want funny? funny... Do you like what, what? Do you want? You want Am I fun? gonna grow? Am I yeah. gonna traumatize you? Because yeah, that's another thing. Is
0: I feel like things that I think are funny or crazy are not what other people think. The funniest things that ever happened to me in the ER is when a patient came out of a room only wearing a bra and like basketball shorts and uh, like rolled up into the nurses' station. And I'm like real big on like this is my space and there's a line here. You can't cross this line. <laughs> and and so I was like ma'am, can you please go back to your room? And she goes, can I get some socks? And I was like, yes. Like, you know, if you go back to your room, your nurse will bring you some socks. And she like narrowed her eyes and like, uh, just like leaned in. And then she like turned around and she grabbed like the frame of the door to the nurse station and like lifted her leg like a cartoon character and like audibly farted like in my direction. Walked away like legit, like Tyra Banks on the catwalk, like mid 90s peak i like did nothing because until she was like out of view because that's how i felt i could win in that situation was pretend was not acknowledge her and then as soon as like she was back in the room i like fell floor laughing and i just i thought that was so great and anytime i tell people that story they're just like it was gross ultimate power move like oh yeah yeah right <laughs> my husband like legit hates all my er stories like i want to come home and be like da 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 happen and he's just like i just you know i've heard it once it's already enough like, uh, I, I don't need to know. It's my second Halloween. This crew, like, you know, uh, we call it beep beeping in. I don't know what you call it. Anywho, so they beep beep, <laughs> Beep beep. Yeah. So they beep beeped in on the radio. And I'm sure you experience this all the time where they were like, hey, kid fell off their bike and they skinned their knee. We want to go to, you know, the trauma room. And it was essentially something kind of like that where they're like, We have a 21-year-old uh woman with abdominal pain whose heart rate is 120, and we were just kind of like, Okay. She says that she's not pregnant, but I wonder if she is. <laughs> and I just totally like dismissed it, like, whatever, dude. But we get her in, not super worried about it. The reason when the dog was to see her, go and look down there and like like a whole ass baby is like making <laughs> its exit from her, you know, birth canal. So there's like another nurse that was trying to take her up that I thought was not going to move with the speed that was necessary for this kind of situation. And so I kind of like buttered her out the way and like tried to run with the stretcher to the OB department. And I caught the stretcher like the the wheel of it and like with the wheel of a dynamap i was like i'm gonna be with you like i slammed her into the wall <laughs> the doctor ran over and opened up her legs in the middle of the hallway and was just like oh this this baby is coming it's here that's this is this is happening right here so this you know young person said she did not know she was pregnant and birthed a whole ass 10 pound baby in the middle of the emergency room
1: that blows my mind when people don't know like when i had my kids there was no way that i was going to be anything but pregnant i was average size when i had my kids but yeah no you could totally tell that there was a child inside of me like and katie i could imagine like you're about you know 40 pounds soaking wet (laughs) i'm just teasing she's not 40 pounds she's she's at least like 90 but (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: i've seen a lot of things of people that were like nine months pregnant that just Looked like they had a big lunch. I don't know. It happens to some people. Everybody that I ever tell a story to was like, oh, like, was she like massive? Was she on my 600 pound life? And 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 I truly, I did not assess that part of her. It all just happened too fast. By the time I knew that she was pregnant, the baby was out of her. Another nurse that I guess has had babies and knows what the hell's going on tells the girl that she has to push. And I go, yes, yes, yeah, do that. <laughs> Two hours after that, there had been... Like, for lack of a better term, like, a crackhead who'd been, you know, moseying about the ER all night. And she had been discharged around midnight, and she had asked me for a cab voucher. And I told her, like, that we didn't have any, and I would have given her a bus pass. Uh, but, like, the buses weren't running anymore. And she, like, looked me dead, in the eyes, like, I'm going to get home one way or another. And I, and I said, okay, cool. Like, and I was like, good for you. One of the texts calls me over and says that that, and this is, like, at 3 a.m., so she should have been long gone. You know, particular crackhead that we had been interacting with had locked herself in the bathroom and was trapped crashing the bathroom. And I was like, well, I guess go get security. So security goes over there and she just like runs out to the ambulance space. So I think, okay, problem solved. Or we're all done here. Probably not even 30 seconds later, this real young, less than six months EMT runs in and she just goes, she took the truck. And I was just like, what? What? I couldn't even like comprehend what she said. I was just like, what? And she's like, (laughs) not panicking, but kind of panicking. She goes, she took the truck. I, I was... I was in the back of the truck and I was getting it ready and then I heard the front door slam and then I looked and I was like that, that that's not my partner and then th- and then the truck started and she was driving up and so I just jumped out the back she took her <laughs> truck and I like legit like had to cover my mouth it was so funny <laughs> I started laughing I, and I would have cracked up I would oh, have been like, yeah. girl said she was gonna get home one way or another <laughs> dude am i right she warned me oh my gosh and i like felt bad because like obviously I, I don't i don't think this you know emt did anything wrong like they didn't leave the truck unlocked and unmanned like anyway i felt bad for her i think there's no way that she can like handle or maneuver this vehicle and she's gonna crash it in like two blocks. Homegirl drove it halfway across town and just right ride, ride into her driveway.
1: <laughs> well, g- kudos to her for getting it home. She hit,
0: she hit one Prius in route.
1: <laughs> oh, Prius isn't hard to see anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, they were obviously following her. And uh, yeah, she got out of the truck and somebody tried to apprehend her and she ran and yeah, that was that.
1: So I recently heard a story. Somebody said that they had glass in their butt and Mm -hmm. i don't understand the whole light bulb thing because i'm thinking the anal sphincter is tight enough in most Mm -mm 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 -mm. people
0: to break a light bulb (laughs) no let me tell you something one of the things that i've been the most amazed about in the er of the things that i've learned and as foolish and as dumb as it sounds is absolutely the elasticity of an anus the things that can fit up there and like the ability not only for there to be something up there and not be able to get out, is, it's impeccable. Are the, mm-hmm.
1: are we talking like the ones that are like pointy? Are we actually talking like round ass light bulb?
0: I wasn't there for the removal. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What I learned a long time ago is mechanism of injury is none of my business, really. If yep. they say that they are, if it's self-inflicted and it's they're safe and say that no one's hurting them, then... It's uh, not my job, not my problem. My thing is with the things up the butt is like if that's your thing, then that's your thing. It is what yeah. it is. However, let's say it was me and something got stuck, I would just stay home and die. Like I would, <laughs> I would just have too much shame to like go to the ER and be like, all right, this is your all's problem now. You got to fix this. I would be like, yeah, no. I'm, I just got I'm going to stay home and die. And this is it. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> What's
1: the weirdest thing you've ever seen stuck in an orifice? A crayon.
0: It was a call from a, you know, outside facility. And uh, I asked them, how did they get a crayon? And this outside facility nurse says, oh, because this patient also had like swallowed razor blades or something, which is a lot more common than you would think. And she goes, why aren't you asking him how did he get a razor blade? And I was like, oh, it's just not as interested. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being just like my immediate thought when I was taking the report was what color and um yeah I I have no actual reason for it I just wanted to know just curiosity I guess it was orange riveting questions yes yes, riveting questions so that one um but that one was interesting because it was up uh he fit a crown up his uh, urethra my long nurse dream is to pull a tapeworm out of somebody Uh, (laughs) oh a really
2: long one I mean yeah I mean one at all April's kept me in the dark of the rules. She called me after your all's first day and was like, oh my God, she had these great rules. And, and I was like, tell me. And she goes, well, just wait. <laughs> like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to tell you yet. Um, I'm hoping that maybe she'll come on and, and tell them. So I've heard about these great rules, but I never knew what they were. So can you please tell us what the five being were? the nurse. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I need to know.
0: Basically, it came about of uh, me just being a busybody and seeing uh, like that a lot of people in RER kind of get passed around as far as like when they're on orientation, which is cool because like you get to learn from different people, but it's also hard because there's not really like one person that can uh, see like consistently how you're growing and how you're doing. I don't know. And so then I felt like when I was seeing a lot of new grads, they were just kind of having a hard time of rising above just tasking and just being like, oh, I just, I just got to do this next thing and this next thing. And so I came up with these, try to like come alongside them for them to think about things out outside of just, I need to do the next task to try and like guide them as an ER nurse. But really almost all of it is from when I was a new grad, uh, I had a charge nurse that I don't want to say had like done and seen it all because whenever you say that then there are new things that you have not seen that come along but i mean she she'd been through it and when i was a a baby nurse she was always just dropping bombs of wisdom on me that you know really did influence like how like not only like how i like nurse but how i like live my life and so pretty much all the rules are like based off of things that she said so number one which sounds lame and not fun is safety and that just goes like don't forget your basics If something doesn't feel right or, like, you don't feel comfortable with, like, don't just be like, well, other people are doing it and go with the flow. Like, say something to someone. I feel like a lot of times in the ER, like, there can be so many things happening that people can be, oh, this is okay because, you know, we're so busy. And that's why I just feel like safety has to be number one of, like, nope, I don't care what's going on. Their bed should, all, and I don't care if they're an (laughs) 18-year-old that is very well appearing and mobile. Their bed's got to be in the lowest position, you know, locked because i've seen it all people falling for all reasons that you would think that they should be fine and not fall there's a million things that can go into safety but it's kind of boring but it's number one and you just can't forget it number two is movement slash throughput slash treat and street those hose. it is not what you would see like on Grey's anatomy of, like, it would not be anybody's, like, vision or idea of what an ER is.
2: Any kind of hospital situation, you cannot base it off of medical shows, because that's not, if you're doing it because you want to go into a Grey's Anatomy type situation, that's not happening. You're gonna be very, very, very sadly wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, like, really can't watch any kind of medical show, because I just will be screaming at the television, like, that's not wrong. Like, My husband absolutely hates like when anything that we might be watching has something medical because I'm just immediately like, that's not right. They would never do that. They're not sterile. But I have have patients a lot that will be like, you know, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, I I don't, but that's nice. And they'll be like, so is it really like Grey's Anatomy? where like doctors and nurses are hooking up in closets. And I'll be like, no. And and they, I can (laughs) see sadness in their eyes. Um, I've also had patients that will be like, you know, I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. So I think I could do a few procedures myself and i just (laughs) i've had that said a lot more than you would think and i just say okay you you want
1: the scalpel you could take your own appendix out here you'll be back (laughs) when you do that
0: no no need there needs to be like a rule like six or seven and that's uh it kind of goes into the if there's a rule six it's i'm on a do not need to know basis unless you're dying right now so, kind of the same deal with the with the things up the butts mechanism of how it got there. not none of my business don't don 't care arguing or not even arguing, but confronting people with obvious falsities it 's not going to get you anywhere like there's a patient recently who like very much thinks she is like a particular you know, celebrity. And, you know, like, uh, the physician was like, you know, I think we're gonna keep you in the, you know, on our psych floor, you're kind of talking out of your head. And the patient's like, what do you mean I'm talking out of my head? She goes, oh, you know, you said that you were Whitney Houston. And uh, she goes, I didn't say it was Whitney Houston. And she goes, oh, yeah, you said you were Ariana Grande or whatever. And she goes, I am Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like,
0: there's just really... (laughs) There's nothing that productive that can come out of in this moment in the ER con- confronting that falsity. So that's how I feel about a lot of things. I'll triage somebody and a doctor come out and be like, well, how did this happen? I, I did not ask. So all that to say, nobody belongs in the ER. Either you, you need to be like, admitted upstairs or out the door. Everybody needs to be doing like, their best to like, f- facilitate that happening, like movement, Because if we're not moving, then it's just like stacking up people in the waiting room. And then like when something comes in that's critical and we're full of nonsense or not, we're not able to go and like swarm that patient and give them like the best possible. So my thing is, is like, I don't care if they're like acute stroke or, you know, well-appearing 19-year-old vaginal bleed or homeless foot pain. Like you are going to treat things as an emergency and move with urgency and you're going to go get their shit done so that they can be dispositioned and just move it on the wall
2: can i just say that was the most beautiful thing i've ever heard treat things with emergency and move with urgency what (laughs) i'll I'll needle point it on a pillow
0: for you i mean whoa it makes sense that (laughs) partly from one of the doctor's notes about a particular patient who uh There was this patient that always used to come in and he would come in for like benign things like gout. He was always very worried about his gout, but he himself was like always like hemodynamically unstable and like struggling to breathe, but did not want to be treated for any of those things. And uh, anytime we try to be like, okay, like we need to do this and this so we can help you. He'd be like, whoa, 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 you got to slow down, gotta (laughs) slow down. Just give me some space. Can you just come back later? And the doctor would be like, no. Uh, You are in the emergency room, so either your problem needs to be treated with urgency or it doesn't. So yeah, people got to move. Nobody belongs in the ER. Let's let's move along. Just get their stuff done. Number three, which I don't want to say is important because safety is obviously most important, but I I don't know. Everything always comes back to number three. Number three is treat everybody like they're stupid, which obviously sounds bad, but number three came from that charge nurse that I was talking about, about how... um, I was a baby nurse and night shift and I was like, you know, an hour or so into the shift and, uh, you know, a doctor came in and started, I don't want to say yelling. He was he was voicing his frustration with me that a patient had knocked on a CAT scan and I was like, and that more means to say, like, you have to go verify things on your own because, I mean, no matter what that you could say of like, whoever, like, I've seen them they've been doing this so and so long, and I've seen them do all these great things. Anybody could be having a bad day, and you know, for a million different reasons, could have not done or not known about X,Y,Z thing, but just across the board, no matter what, if anybody says they did X, Y, z, you always are going to you can't just take them out the word you have to go verify for yourself. There's a, a million other ways that treat everybody like they're stupid slash trust no one slash verify on your own. So one of the things that you told me too that goes
1: along with trust no one, you told me including yourself or everybody's stupid, including you.
0: Yes, absolutely. You cannot be excluded from this because the moment that you think that you know everything or have seen everything, it's a bad time. That's only waiting
2: for bad things to happen to you.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely not excluded. You you must be included that you also shouldn't be trusted as in yourself. <laughs> yeah,
2: you have to hold yourself accountable.
0: Well, absolutely. There's
2: so many different things that you have to get checked off on. Well, like
0: a perfect example, nurse. and I just don't understand why this happened. Myself and one of my other charge nurses, years ago when I was a baby nurse, we had like a patient, you know, that had coded and then had gotten Ross And then now they're back from the dead and we're doing our management and, you know, we're going, oh, in the hustle and bustle of them dying and us doing CPR, we didn't get their temperature when they first arrived. And then we took their temperature and big surprise, they're, they're very cold. They're like 94 or whatever degrees. And so not thinking, not remembering ACLS, which is targeted temperature, meant you do not warm a dead person, meaning people will be cold. After they have coded, but then gotten ROSC. In my mind, I try to think of it of like, you know, if you put... Can you verify
2: what ROSC is for people that don't know?
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. ROSC is (laughs) return of spontaneous uh, circulation, which means they are, their heart is beating without me doing it for them. (laughs) Makes sense. AKA means they are alive again, technically. The way I kind of think of it is like, you know, if you put meat in a refrigerator, it will last longer. That's kind of how I think of what targeted temperature management is. <laughs> Anywho, so my, myself and this charge nurse, like, got caught up in the moment. We're like, oh, my gosh, she's so cold. We, we got to warm him up. We got to get the bear hugger. And then later on, like, you know, something occurred to us where it just snapped of, like, did we warm a dead person? And so then it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, a big thing for, like, years where, you know, because this ha- had happened to us. You know, and we, it, it did not happen for very long. Like I think as soon as like the warmer had not been on them for 10 minutes and they went up to the ICU and I'm sure they took it off immediately. This charge nurse and I, you know, for years would like, you know, were crusaders of this principle of like, you don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Don't do this. Cause we did this one. Da, da, da. And then, so help me earlier this year, coded a patient, got them back and I'm feeling them. And I'm just like, gosh, they're just so cold. And I, I went and talked to the doctor and I was like, geez, like completely forgetting about acls principles apparently and the doctor's like yeah like you know you should go get a bear hugger, da da da. and a a newer nurse was that i had you know within the last few months had told the rules to or whatever was like um <laughs> when i was in the room like about to apply this you know warming blanket to this patient and she goes isn't there like that thing like ttm or something and i'm literally like put my hand in her face like shaking it like no be quiet be quiet be quiet whatever you're saying it's 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 dumb and it doesn't matter and she goes no there's like that thing like temperature or and then all of a sudden it clicks and I literally like throw the blanket on the ground and I start pointing at the other nurses in the room and I'm like why didn't you say something you should have known better why did you let me do this <laughs> and then I went to the, the um, doctor too and I was like why why did you let me do this you you know this is the thing and she goes oh you know it's not like we could do any harm <laughs> like <laughs> And I was like, oh. "Anywho," but all hey, of that, hey. thing, <laughs> yeah, that's just one of my personal examples of yourself as well cannot be trusted. <laughs> and also, and I was very proud of that new nurse that she wasn't like, even in the face of me being like, "Be quiet, whatever you're saying, it, it doesn't matter, it's stupid." Was like, "No, there, there's something that doesn't feel right, and I'm going to get it out and tell you regardless." And I was, and zero percent of me was mad. Like, oh, I can't believe that she would have the nerve to try to say this to me and she's only been a nurse for so long. Like, I was like, thank God she was there. I always say, what's my first job as a nurse? It's being a patient advocate, being an advocate for my patients. If I have one job as a nurse, that's it. Number four is help your friends. And what that essentially goes down to is like, if you have the time or the ability and you see that, you know, whatever person is busy doing something else and they might not see that they got, three new patients at once, or, you know, that they have an EKG in and they might be like taking a patient up the floor and not even know that it's in, like, it takes nothing away from you to go and do that for them. Because A, it's going to go back to number two of movement and treating and treating the hose that like you have the time to go and help somebody else. That's going to just be the best thing for the patient, but also like it's going to help facilitate movement in the ER. Um, and also it's going to like more than likely endear that person to like when you are inevitably going to be in a bind to want to come help you if they are available to do so. So regardless of that they're friends, it's just, you know, the concept of, of teamwork. If you see a need and you're able to meet it, go on and get a girl. I heard wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said, I think I heard wine. Did I hear wine? I heard a cork pop and then I heard wine pouring into a glass.
0: Did I really hear it? Tequila. Uh, (laughs) do you know that movie with sandra bullock from the early 2000s the secrets of the yaya sisterhood and i told myself to be quiet when i poured that and (laughs) i clearly there's a scene where sandra (laughs) bullock is like yelling at her mom over the phone and she goes i heard the glass the ice clinking in the glass mama signs of my happy childhood Here's I was me just curious putting in the ice. In. Yeah, see? I heard it. I hear all the good sounds. Number 5 is get your shit done so we can play cards. <laughs> you know, this would only occur in a time closer to the end of the shift, you know, much less people in the ER and, you know, if all patients all of their tasks and imaging and labs and medications are all taken care of and a, a very reduced amount of people in the ER and, you know, everything is cleaned and stocked and so on and so forth. Ain't nothing wrong with playing a little cards with your friends. But like, I just don't see how like it could be any worse than just playing like Farmville on your phone. And that's not to disparage any, you know, Farmville people out there. But I remember one of my friends that used to work in the ER that we used to play speed when there were no patients in the ER. It was This was like years ago before, but it was around the time when that like senator said that thing about like, oh, all nurses do is just like cards in the nurse station or something <laughs> like that. So we started seeing like all those memes or posts about it and I legit had no idea that a senator had said something. I thought like just people in the ER were being like really passive aggressive towards us. So yeah, so if anytime someone like sees a mid-level or a doctor like an EMT, they're always like, oh, you know, these nurses always playing cards. Anywho. So yes. And again, once again, reiterating only when all patients are taken care for, all things are cleaned in stock and there are a very small amount of patients still in the ER and not where they can
2: see all those stipulations
0: worked in the ER for how, how long in about a week it'll be three and a half years which doesn't so, seem like a long time but in ER years it's like at least like you that's know that's a while so, that's a trip it, yeah
2: what has been the most fulfilling moment that you have or any kind of moment that you kind um, of took a step back afterwards were like yeah this is why I do what I do like
0: the surface answer is like if somebody you know like writes a daisy or something or, or you know I recently had a patient who was like an IV drug user write a daisy about me and talk about how like you know she treated me like a real person it didn't matter to her that i did these things and gives me hope and i'm just like crying like i'm watching the notebook or something like honestly just because like you're so used to just like in the er even if it has nothing to do with you or you try to give your best care it's just normal for people to be you know angry because it's like it's not a good time for them so anytime really Somebody says that, like, I'm a good nurse, I'll probably cry, like, it, like in front of them right then. My other nurses would be like, they're just trying to manipulate you for pain medicine. And I'm like, I don't care. And it's working. I don't know. My favorite thing, though, is just what I said, of why it's important to move people regardless of if their complaints seem serious or not is because my favorite thing is when like a patient comes in and you know things are not looking good. They're sick as heck. And we, me and the other nurses and tech, physicians and mid-levels, you know swarm them in together, take care of it and give them good care. And I can like look back in an hour or you know an hour later and be like wow they're so much better. Like we fixed them. We fixed whatever problem there was. Sydney tell me some (laughs) dumb ass thing that you've done. So, so, so many things. So, so many things. The first that comes to my mind just because it was the only time that my like preceptor ever like said that I was s- stupid like to my face in <laughs> <laughs> and, and she might not have said those actual words but it it was conveyed in in her in her actions and the way she laughed at me. So stupid, like a, I was hanging like a bag of fluids and for whatever reason they needed to go on a pump instead of gravity, couldn't get it to work. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just I'll just replace the tubing. And with the 1,000 milliliter bag of normal saline hanging and had already been punctured by the first set of tubing, I just straight up took, took out the first set of tubing to put in this the second however there was nothing to stop it and just like a leader just just flew on the floor like and probably got like you know soaked my shoes and socks and probably the patience and everything else so you've learned from once
1: you take the seal off and you puncture the bag you can't pull it back out again or it's gonna spill
0: correct did you ever do the no and that's what I tell people. I'm like if I'm like duh, 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 about this It's because I have done this dumb thing and I I want you to be better than me and and just hop, skip over that and not do this dumb thing.
1: Sydney, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you. We appreciate your humor. I appreciate you as a preceptor at work. I think that you did a great job and I think that your information is very valuable to anyone that is in nursing or is going to be in nursing.
2: April told me so much good things about you. I've learned from you on an outsider standpoint, I guess. I'm right now.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that's another thing that April could tell you. What's funny is like a lot of people think like because I'm like straightforward and have a monotone voice that I'm like mean, but I just can't change the fact that I have a low monotone voice, but I'm literally one of the more sensitive people ever. So Katie, what is the dumbass thing
1: you did this week?
2: Oh my gosh, my week's (laughs) not over yet. So I might have something to add to it after the rest of my weekend (laughs) that I'm working. But my dumbass thing that i did
1: other than showing up at work when you supposed oh, to get
2: <laughs> yeah you know i'm an overachiever
1: Thank you i just very can't much. let you live it down just
2: yet <laughs> sorry so if you don't know this narcan is a wonder drug but also a crazy drug at the same time um, most of your patients if you narcan them they don't wake up too pleasantly they Go into immediate withdrawals. Next, yeah, man. You took away their if, uh, high. They're um, back down to earth quickly and not very lovely. So going back to the basics of protecting yourself, you always want to have a clear shot to the exit. So you you never want to have you looking at the patient and then the door. You always want to have yourself closest to the door. Yeah. I go in and I have the drugs pulled. Immediately push the Narcan. And then I don't even know what clicked me. I looked up and I realized that it was, behind me was the wall. The patient was in front of me. And then the door was
1: (laughs) as far away
2: as it could possibly be Yeah, and you just gave them something that
1: it was literally like pushing them out of an airplane without a parachute. They're going to hit the ground.
2: There's a 99% chance that that patient's probably going to wake up fighting or pissed let's just say pissed and I don't think I have ever jumped over a bed and sprinted out of a room (laughs) or on the opposite (laughs) side of the bed that I have I've never done it so fast in my life who knew you were gonna have to do hurdles when you started work (laughs) and I sat down in my chair and I was like oh my god that could have easily been very terrible so very terrible very bad and so that was really really dumb probably one of the dumbest things I've done so far and it thankfully turned out fine but it could have easily been absolutely very 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 everybody out there remember
1: don't put yourself between the patient and the wall put yourself between the patient and the door lesson learned hopefully yes ma'am Here's my thing. I might be a little bit less less dumb this week. But that's only because of the fact that I wasn't actually at work. I had classes all week. So I was in another class this week for ACLS, which is Advanced Cardiac Life Support. And in this class, they make you... Basically, they make you run a mock code and you have to be the leader. So I'm in a classroom with a bunch of other people who have been doing this for a little while. The dumbest thing that I did is when it was my turn to run the mock code and I was a leader and I had to give everybody their assignments and their jobs. And then I had to sit there and I had to rattle off um, what medicine are we going to give? Or when are we going to shock? Are we going to defibrillate? Are we going to cardiovert? Are we going to do this? What are we going to do... I got so overwhelmed that I legitimately choked up when my, you know, when your throat gets super tight and you can barely get words out, like that's, my voice was strangled and I just, the tears just started pouring down my face and I said, I can't. And I turned around and I walked away and I was so frustrated with myself and my dumb ass thing is that I was dumb in that moment, I was dumb because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm going to say that I cried because I shouldn't expect so much of myself because I am new. I'm new at this. And I shouldn't expect more out of me than I know that I'm capable of. I know I'm capable of a lot of things and I know I'm going to become more and more capable as time goes on in the job. And I think that I'm going to get really good at what I do. But right now I'm still practicing and putting IVs in putting me in the position to be the lead in a full code, even in a mock-up that was frustrating. But the fact that I cried over it was dumb because there's no reason that I should have known how to do that yet. So that's my dumbass moment of the week. Don't ever expect yourself to be able to do something that you don't have any experience with you don't know these things so don't push yourself don't get yourself too upset when you can't do something because eventually you'll learn you'll figure it out it'll work out it'll come to you and if you want to do it you'll do it and you'll be good at it and that's it and that's my dumbass moment and that's my TED talk (laughs) (laughs)
2: this brings this week's episode to an end want to hear more from you. If you want to share anything dumb you did this week or have any comments or questions, please message our Instagram or Facebook.